Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. The 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson. Jackson himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points, uh, Bet Online, our friends at Blue Wire. Uh, they're doing it all right now. And guess what? We're about to be doing it all here, too, on the Establish the Past podcast because, Dylan, it is our favorite time of year. No, we're not making um, our official predictions yet uh, for all of these divisions, but we are going to start breaking down each division in the NFL to prepare for an actual season. That may happen or may not happen, but either way, uh, we're going to enjoy breaking it down here. And uh, Dylan, we're going to do so uh, by starting with uh, the the AFC East, which, um, you know, you you have some stock in because uh, you're a a noted uh, Bills fan, uh, one of your several teams that that are your favorites here now on the podcast. Uh, But uh, this this division, a lot more interesting now uh, based on some departures of star players and uh, trying to figure out what to make of, quite frankly, what could be, um, you know, sorry, but this, I, I don't know if we can say this is going to be one of the worst divisions or not now, <laughs> uh, you know, the Cam Newton effect, all these other things, but yeah, it's still, you know, this is still one of those divisions that I think is really tricky to kind of figure out, at, whereas probably lots of others, you feel like you have those teams at the top that you are very confident in. Uh, this division, I don't know if you could say the same thing yet. 
Yeah, I'm glad we're buying a little more time to make our official pick. I'm, I think it's pretty clear it's between two teams, the Patriots and Bills, for who we think is going to win this division. Uh, it's it's funny enough, for so long the Patriots have been a constant, but now there's all these changes. It's actually the Jets, being the Jets, being very Jetsy, yeah. that is the one constant in our lives right now. The Dolphins seemingly taking steps forward finally. Uh, the Bills, um, you know, obviously as well, making the playoffs last season. High expectations this year to possibly take the division crown after all these years of dominance from the Patriots. But yes, the Jets have not failed to still, uh, you know, stand up to their, what we believe in them and to be. And uh, they, they provide a lot of good fun off the field. But overall, yeah, you, you mentioned this division and ranking it against others in terms of strength. I I mean, it, maybe it's not the worst, but it's, it's not like the NFC West, for example, where now we're looking at uh, Jamal Adams going over the Seahawks and not even if that trade didn't happen we we're already looking at that top to bottom strength you cannot say the same with the Jets there and then even the Dolphins still needing to take quite a few steps and honestly yeah if the Patriots don't live up to expectations the Bills don't then we could see a situation where I don't know if it's like uh, I remember one season where the Seahawks won the, the NFC West at seven and nine but yeah. um, it's not out of the complete realm of uh, possibilities we get to these like ceilings and floors for each team if, if these teams only <laughs> get to a certain floor man it's it's gonna look pretty brutal at the end of the year listen i'm telling you this division right here has uh afc south potential in terms of pure <laughs> just chaos and maybe inconsistency um you know it just seems like that's the division we always pick on of course that's our brand here uh is the afc south on the podcast but it just feels like that this one could could be one of those that man you don't have any idea week to week what you're going to get um, from maybe all these teams. And, you know, we're saying that even as the, the Bills have made strides, the Patriots, we've talked about them, uh, but you still kind of have those questions. And uh, that's going to lead us into uh, kind of our overview here for each of these teams. And we're going to go into uh, some other picks uh, too before we wrap up the episode with our division MVP and our breakout player. Uh, but, Dylan, we want to start with kind of looking at the ceiling and the floor for some of these teams. And mm-hmm. I think – it's very interesting because uh, you're probably going to have a different answer for all these teams that we talk about in the NFL, not just in the AFC East. But, um, you know, if we start with the Jets, because they're, they're the hot team right now. Like, they're the one, not, I mean, not hot from a, a football standpoint necessarily, uh, but uh, they're the one being talked about the most. Uh, and that's, of course, uh, like you said, because they did trade Jamal Adams to the Seahawks. I don't, I don't think the ceiling for the Jets is the playoffs. Um, I just, I, I don't mm-hmm. look at this even before like the trade. I, I didn't think they were a playoff team. Now, I really don't think they're a playoff team. Um, but at the same time, I also think the Jets could be one of the worst teams in the NFL, and so um, that's and that maybe is a is a little concerning, right? So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just, I, I look around. I don't like what am I supposed to be just wowed by with this Jets roster? And by the way, to add to the fact that Adam Gase, I mean, we know, we, I mean, he's someone that, that's taken a lot of heat, you know, just already in his tenure there with the Jets. And now I know they got what they got in return for Jamal Adams, but another star player out the door. I just, I mean, as you can tell, I, I don't think the Jets are making the playoffs. And quite frankly, I've said this before. I said this when we talked about the biggest questions for the teams uh, during the summer. I think the Jets could be the worst team in this division. And uh, that's maybe saying something. Yeah, you're thinking to the future if you're a Jets fan, and as you have been, it feels like, for a long time. Um, I mean, the trade, I, I do think they did make out pretty well with the return package for Jamal Adams. Now, if they can actually convert those first-round picks to contributors long-term, that's another question. And the culture of this team, it just, 
it's hard to really believe and you want Sam Darnold to have the opportunity and you want to believe he still can be the guy, but they've essentially with this deal are punting on capitalizing on his rookie deal by the time they're you know, possibly going to be competing. Um, if they do make everything work, it's it's not going to be when Sam saw on this deal. So for this year, yeah, the, the floor is definitely pretty low. And it's not like last year where, you know, they were kind of a dark horse playoff pick. We obviously did not, uh, go that route um, because of their strength of schedule. Whereas this year they have, uh, at least based on uh, last season's records, the second toughest schedule. Uh, that is not going to that is not going to translate pretty well. No. They, uh, last year their offensive line ranked 28th uh, per PFF's uh, offensive line just by totality ranking. So I mean, you look at the offensive side. Yeah, they add Denzel Mims. Uh, we'll see what he's able to do. They get McKay back in to help shore up the offensive line a little bit with uh, left tackle, but. Man, it's it's not a lot of pretty things happening there, and it's not like their defense. Uh, <laughs> I finished tenth in DVOA, but it was eighteenth against the pass. It, it just it, it was fine, but it wasn't enough to really move the needle in terms of me thinking. You know, if they ide- somehow you know improve without Jamal Adams and you know get better, like what are they really going to be? What is their their uh, their strength? And I, I want to say, although Brad McDougall's still a pretty solid safety, so that is going to help. Yeah, you know, filling in kind of in that role but i just man uh ceiling wise i have a hard time going above like i think six wins would be like really good and that's uh man it's it's brutal yeah um i'm with you i think six wins if they get to seven i i don't know i may, maybe be surprised uh, yeah, but so then again look we say that and we're talking about this division right it could be one of mm-hmm. those things where you know what? They could be bad, but so could everyone else in this division, yeah. and and that could pay off with a couple of wins here or there, um, and th- those could add up. So, uh, yeah, I just yeah, clearly, um, if you're you're buying stock in the Jets, uh, you're not gonna find us uh, right there beside you with our cash. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to the Dolphins. We just kind of talked about, um, you know, I kind of tease where saying the Jets could be the worst team in this division. I think a lot of people right now would say the Dolphins are probably going to be the team that's at the bottom, but uh, you know me. Uh, you're, you're a Bills guy. Listen, I am on the Dolphins bandwagon uh, <laughs> after we called them, you know, quite possibly one of the worst teams in NFL history early in the season last year. Since then, uh, I have been on the bandwagon, and uh, we all know why. Uh, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, my guys down there uh, really helping the offense. Uh, and now, you know, I, the defense has gotten better. You feel like they're going to be better. Um, I, you know, this is another one of those situations where I don't think the Dolphins are going to take a step forward and be a playoff team this year. But we have to remember, they played very well down the stretch last year. And I know, you know, you always yeah. have roster turnover in the offseason. Things don't go exactly right back to where they were at the end of the previous season. But at the same time, you know, there's the two aspect. You know, I don't know when, if he plays, anything like that. But I'm very intrigued by the Dolphins because we saw their offense kind of take some steps forward. Mm-hmm. We think their defense is going to be better. Um, and if you add those things together, like I, I, crazier things have happened for, for me. I, uh-huh. again, I'm not going to say the Dolphins uh, ceiling is the playoffs because I don't think they're going to get there. But I do think this is a team that can maybe get to seven, eight yeah. wins or, or something like that. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. No, I, I think that's reasonable. Uh, like you said, uh, in terms of the Bills and Dolphins, very different situations at the moment. But in terms of culture-wise, Sean McDermott has completely changed the culture in Buffalo. And I do think Brian Flores is on the path and already has done that. 
to a certain extent in Miami. Now that's that's a big battle. You, I mean, all these guys are so talented, but actually putting together that focus and that mentality, no matter you know if you're racking up losses, still having an ultimate goal in your mind. I think they've done a good job with that. And so yeah, you saw those strides they took last year. I still think talent-wise, I mean, the big concern for me is still the offensive line. Talking about PFF's rankings, the Dolphins were last last year. They average time to pressure allowed of 2.22 seconds, one tenth of a second faster than any other offense in the entire NFL. It's crazy. So. Um, I, I know they've made reinforcements. I, I uh, was obviously when we talked about the draft was high on Austin Jackson. Glad they're able to get him. And um, overall, I think they did a good job of retooling the line. But I don't know if it's at the point where I'm going to feel comfortable about Tua going back there regularly quite yet, especially yeah. with his injury history. So we might still see one more year of Fitz Magic. And you know that uh, you know last year that was our that was our question at this point of the year. We we were, we asked if Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to mess up their tank obviously they're able to, to sit back and wait to get to a luckily for their sake because at the time we thought really you're going to have to have that number one pick to get him um so yeah same thing i think he can he's able to find ways to make plays the defense is definitely improving so i think ceiling i would put it just a little above the jets for me personally because i i just i feel way more confident in their overall mindset as a team yeah we, we mentioned the really talented players they have um at some of the skill positions uh, preston williams Devonte parker uh, you got Alan Hearns there too, Albert Wilson. I mean, they, they have talent for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's just putting it together. I think Matt Breed is an interesting piece yeah. as well. So, yeah, man, I, I, I could see them, you know, ceiling absolutely super optimistically. Sure, maybe they could win seven, eight games. But again, just like the Jets, they have a third toughest schedule. All these teams in the AFC East, just by, by virtue of having to face the NFC West, uh, it really makes their schedules a lot harder. Um, and all of them have to face the AFC West as well. So there, there are some uh, really tough games in these schedules for these teams. So, man, yeah. I you know, I, I say optimistically 7-8, but <laughs> you look at the – maybe if they had one of the weaker schedules, that would be better chance. Um, in terms of floor, I still think they're going to at least win four games. I, I think they just have too much pride, and I think what Brian Flores is – I believe too much in what he's doing. Maybe it's closer to two or three if, you know, the talent really just isn't where we think it can be. But – I like to believe that they're at least going to have the right mindset going into each game. Yep. So there you go. Uh, we're both. Uh, we're not, not going to say we're high on the Dolphins, but uh, we at least feel like that they they have some potential uh, to to do some things in the right direction. Yes, they are definitely going in the right direction. Whereas I think if you compare it with the Jets, maybe if they, you know you you find good value in those draft picks, but at the same time, uh, who knows uh, in terms of uh, what to expect there. All right, that brings us uh, to. The Buffalo Bills, uh, Dylan's Buffalo Bills. Um, they're a team that I think prior to Cam Newton uh, signing with the Patriots, which uh, I guess, I mean, in all honesty, like we can probably just group these teams together because I think what's interesting here is before he signed, I think a lot of people thought that, okay, the Bills are finally going to be that, like they're mm-hmm. going to dethrone the Patriots. Um, you feel like because of what the Bills did last season, they're going to be able to carry that over into this year. Their roster looks very similar uh, for the most part. Um, but now I think by adding Cam and, and having a more known uh, commodity at quarterback, and not just a known commodity, I mean someone that has proven that when healthy, he can be one of the best mm-hmm. in the game it completely changes. I think the way you look at the bills and I don't know if that's right or wrong uh, because it changes how you look at the Patriots. And so I think these two teams are very interesting and I want to say that they're very similar in terms of where they could land on the spectrum for me, because I don't think either one of these teams are maybe going to go out and win 12 plus games or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I do think the potential is there. 
to hit that double digit win mark for both. Um, but I also think, you know, if either one of these teams went seven and nine, would I be shocked? I honestly don't know that either. And so, uh, I think maybe we group them together because I, I do think there are a lot of similarities between these two. Yeah. I, like you said now, especially with the Patriots, uh, with all the, uh, even Cam and it really does bring them closer. I mean, even then I still may have picked them even yeah. not knowing what was going to happen with Sidham to win this division just because of the defense and Bill Belichick and what they're able to game plan around the talent they have. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the Bills, I don't think we're, uh, there have been some things you'll see, like there's a concern they could have uh, the equivalent of what happened to the Jaguars. I mentioned that before where they yeah. had that great season, all are on the verge of making the Super Bowl and then uh, end up completely tail spinning backwards. And I, I just don't believe that's going to happen with what Sean McDermott's done there. I still, again, these teams have really tough schedules. They both, at least according to ESPN's projections, uh, both are projected exactly to have the same number of wins, 8.6. And that's what we talk about with a team, 8, 9, 10 wins. I mean, 8, 9 might be enough to win the division. Um, so I, I expect both defenses to be really strong still. I still think the Patriots' defense, maybe it's not going to be the number one in DVOA again, but I think they're going to be in that top five. The Bills are going to be hovering around there. Still uh, some concerns maybe a bit on the Bills' uh, run defense, but overall I do think uh, they're still a really stout unit another year together. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, if these two, when these teams play each other, I don't anticipate, I anticipate kind of like that game. I think we saw in week 16, it was where it was like 13, 10 or whatever. Like, it's just not going to be the prettiest football of all times for either offense. Um, I am optimistic that Cam is fully healthy and we're going to see some crazy cyborg out there. That's, you know, allowing the Patriots to just completely run away with the division. But I, I do think both teams. Yeah. I think of them very, very similarly. And that's why I, said I'm, I'm i'm very happy we're not making our predictions yet for each uh, for the division winners because these two teams are very obviously the schedules just being the same division are very similar but just such similar situations now and it's um it, it, you know still even though the patriots were down a bit last year not not getting a buy um but they still won the division and I, they still have to you know even though tom's not there the bills still have to get over that mountain still have to, to win this division so uh, is this the year i'm not positive yet but uh, both teams' floors are probably and ceilings are probably similar. Ceilings are probably 11 win range or so, uh, yeah. maybe 12 for the Patriots, maybe a tad higher for New England. Um, and then, but uh, the floor maybe like five, seven, maybe six wins. But that's just absolute floor. I don't think they're going to get down that low. But if everything, if the if the Bills' offense does fall apart and the defense isn't you know elite again, then sure they could win only five games just because their schedule is so tough and. It is a strange season. So, yeah, uh, Patriots, I, I have a hard time thinking with Belichick they lose more than nine games. But, I, you know, maybe six wins, I'll say, is their absolute floor. Yeah, very, very similar. Uh, we'll see kind of how it goes for them. But at the same time, you know, we talk about not knowing if this division is going to be great from top to bottom. You know, we can <laughs> see the Bills and Patriots each win 11 games. And, you know, all of a sudden it just kind of changes the landscape of it. Yeah. But uh, we know about the Bills and the Patriots in the AFC East. So that's going to be the battle. But uh, let me ask you this, and that is, do you know about Deal Dash? Because uh, DealDash.com is the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things you never expect. And guess what? You can do it at a price you never believe. They have over a 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Yes, cars. Here's how it works. It's just like an auction, but every item starts at $0. 
and only goes up one cent every time you bid. The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every single time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids. Yes, 100 free bids upon sign up uh, on top of their other discounts. All you got to do, go to dealdash.com and use the offer code ETP or dealdash.fm slash ETP. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M slash E-T-P. And uh, our friends at Bet Online, uh, we've mentioned them a lot, and uh, sports coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball uh, finally kicking off this week. Uh, it's been an interesting start, uh, to say the least, and yet there is still no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24 7. And with the return of sports, uh, look at this. Bet Online also sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven time NBA champ Robert Ory. You can see what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. All you got to do to see that, visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Uh, That's your promo code if you want the welcome bonus. Uh, BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, now we move into the fun and exciting parts here. Uh, I guess if uh, you know you're a, you're a Jets and Dolphins mm-hmm. fans, we talked about enough negative things uh, with those two teams. Uh, but uh, now we move into the exciting picks, and uh, here's what we're going to do: we're going to pick our breakout player uh, for this particular division here in the AFC East. As Ooh. we said, we'll hold our predictions uh, and all that good stuff until we do our big predictions episode right before the season starts, but uh, we're going to make some picks here on a couple different things, and we're going to do our breakout player. Now, this is an interesting one because, obviously, breakout player, um, you know, your answer is is your own perspective on what you consider a breakout player, but I'd breakout, say, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think most of us would be basically, you could also, I guess, kind of tie it into being an underrated player that you think is just maybe not getting enough credit or someone that's just going to completely mm-hmm. burst onto the scene like a rookie for example. Um, so that's kind of our, our criteria that we're using here uh, for breakout player. Uh, Dylan, I will let you go first because uh, unlike our division MVP one, there are a lot of candidates uh, when it comes to uh, breakout player probably uh, here in this particular division. Yeah, I'd love to, to the guys that kind of came to mind first. I realize now, in, in my opinion, you were saying that, you know, that, that plays a decent role here. In my opinion, they broke out last year in both yep. Devontae Adams and Preston Williams. Those yep. <laughs> two, I think they had their breakout seasons and maybe not guys we necessarily would have picked uh, before last year. So I'm not going to go with them. I don't think this is the year we see Tua take off and with, you know, how we believe he can perform in the NFL. Yep. So I'm going to slide away from the Dolphins uh, as much as I would love to go with one of those guys from there. The Jets uh, don't run him down. Their roster, man, I, I don't see it. It's rough. Like, I, and Sam Darnold would really have to take off for me to consider him in this in this vein, and I just don't see it happening. So we're going to quickly move aside from them. 
And then the Bills, too. I Yeah, they, not a lot of guys that are, you know, like if Singletary has a better season, I'm not going to say he's a breakout player because he was pretty damn good last year. Yeah. It's, it's just hard to say that. Obviously, Diggs, you can't possibly say that. John Brown's been a – all the guys that I'm thinking of with these skill positions, maybe A.J. Epines is a candidate if he just really quickly becomes, uh, you know, racks up a lot of sacks, racks up a lot of big numbers. You could maybe mention him. I'm going to go with the guy in the Patriots who there were high expectations last year, did not live up to them. So now he's in year two and he does kind of fit with his skill set for Cam Newton. And that's in Keel Harry. I don't know if this pick's going to backfire. It very well could, but I think he's going to have a huge opportunity. I, I do think the Patriots plan to use him quite a bit in this offense. Cam is, I mean, he doesn't have the, necessarily the best separation skills of the line, but Cam has been with, you know, in Carolina with a lot of really big receivers with guys that he's able to throw the ball up, has experience with them. And that kind of setup, I do think in Kill Harry's skill set does match what Cam's able to offer and what he's got, what he's who he's played with in the past. So I think that is a guy, fantasy wise, but also for the Patriots, we look at their receiving corps and we have a lot of concern about uh, what they're going to be able to do. And just as we had last year, I think in Kill Harry's going to get that opportunity, and I think this uh, is reasonable to think he could put up, maybe not. Uh, the numbers that we saw from Devontae Parker and then at times the performances of Preston Williams last year. But I do think uh, compared to the 2019 season, it could be a really big year for him, Kill Harry. All right. Well, I'm going to go with a receiver too, and I'm just going to go ahead and just take the one you said you weren't going to take. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Preston Williams. Like, I think because he only played, what was it, eight games yeah, or so, true. I guess technically I can still consider him a breakout player. Of course, if you if you read uh, my my weekly uh, waiver wire pickups, it basically became the uh, the Preston Williams show for the first uh, eight weeks. I think it was Preston Williams and DJ Chark, which hey, we hit on both of those. Um, Devontae Parker was in there too, but uh, I think Preston Williams is probably the the easy choice for me because. Look, he was so good, um, and we saw what he's capable of. Now, at the same time, I will say this. I mean, he tore his ACL, and, like, we we always certainly are going to have some concerns about that uh, when you're coming back from an injury of that, you know, magnitude. And so that's something to keep in mind. But but I still think, you know, kind of looking at everything, it seems like he's on track, going to be ready to go. Um, So because of that, I I just – I feel like he – I mean, he showed what he could do. And, I mean, Devontae Parker, you would put definitely above that – that great, I think, of breakout player like he had his breakout player last year, breakout season last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll go with the other one, and I'll take Preston Williams uh, as my pick uh, for this one. Um, you know, but like we said, there, goodness, there's so many other guys we could pick here because we're, we're picking two choices uh, from from teams with you know 53 players on it. It's just like you know we're picking uh-huh. four different teams here, so um, it's it's a tough one. But uh, there you go, two receivers. We're sticking to the offense for this one. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, that it, it is true. With only playing the eight games, the Preston still, once we see a full season, if he, if he plays like he did last year with even a little higher clip over the full campaign, definitely makes sense for him to be in this in this vein. Yeah, if you said Devontae Parker, I think already has to be considered that he did break out last year. Preston, maybe, yeah. you know, especially if you're... Uh, Fantasy-wise, if he if you're sleeping on him, I think that's a bad idea. Definitely, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a kind of a deeper pick where you could rely on him to drop a bit. But I do think, yeah, he's going to have a lot of value and excited to see what he's going to be able to bring. Um, and yeah, it makes sense in terms of the break. It's like you said, though, there's so many guys. It's it's hard to like we wouldn't have probably known who was going to break out the same way last year. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I, there are some other candidates that um, maybe don't stick out the same way the skill position players do as well that I'm sure are going to have really big years. 
All right, we're gonna wrap it up with this one. Um, like I said, we'll we'll talk more about these teams in our in our mm-hmm. bigger uh, predictions episode. But this is kind of your little uh, overview here, uh, just some some simple projections looking ahead uh, to how things are gonna look here. But this is our division MVP pick, and um, for this one, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I think you could probably consider. For me, I narrowed this down to three. Um, and it's, it's hard for me to kind of make the, the defining because, because look, I mean, we, we know what, we know who one of them is. We know Cam is one of them because like, if he comes out and plays well, Patriots win 12 games, he's probably mm-hmm. going to be the division MVP. Like he yeah, just, that's yeah. the way it is. Like there's, I mean, he will probably be considered the most valuable player in this division. Um, but you know, there's still a lot of unknowns with that one too. So it's almost like, do you go that route or do you go with kind of that proven guy at the very top of his, you know, what he does, you know, he's at the very top. And obviously I'm talking about Stefan Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's someone that's, that's so important because we've said this, you know, and we just kind of, I kind of just said it with the, with Cam thing. If Cam's not, you know, not at that MVP caliber level, and I'm not saying, you know, he's going to get to that point, but the the Patriots defense is going to have to be really good. Like, I mean, that's what's what it comes down to. Like they, yeah. the defense, it may be not going to be as good as they were last year, but they've still got to be really dang good if they want to be a, a team that can go, you know, deep in the playoffs. So I think that's who I will go with here. I think that's maybe the, the easiest choice, but I also did consider mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs too, because if he comes in yeah. and can transform that Bill's offense, then, you know, if the Bills win the division and he comes in, he makes Josh Allen a better quarterback and he's, you know, basically as good as we know he is, then I think that makes it more interesting. And so uh, I'll go with Gilmore, though. I just, you know, it's maybe it's not, you know, picking a defensive player's MVP, but when mm-hmm. you're as good as he is, come on, right? Yeah, I think on the flips, uh, I'm, you know, still for a corner. Tredavious White was a guy that I just thought of initially. Yeah. If the Bills defense takes another jump up, and he's able to be just as dominant still, you know, should be considered one of the best quarters in the NFL. Uh, yeah, I would consider him. Diggs is a good point, just because uh, as much as I want to look at some of the, the other talent on the Jets and Dolphins and at least try to consider them, like Devontae yeah. Parker could go off and be one of the top five fantasy receivers or something, but is yeah. he really going to be considered the division MVP because the Dolphins are in the in the conversation at the end of the year? That's what's the kind of the problem for me. So, like, production versus the value towards wins – it's hard not to go with quarterbacks, even though we say Josh Allen maybe isn't going to be considered as much. We're going to yeah, obviously uh, we've seen it. We know what we're getting from him. And if he's able to really establish that connection with Stefan Diggs, I agree. That's a, a great pick. And I, you know, going with Gilmore, I, I, you know, that's another guy I considered at least for the Patriots defense. I still look at them as a unit as a whole. That's just so strong. It's hard for me to just look at one guy and, and think that he's going to get that credit by the end of the year. So, yeah, Cam Newton, probably the easy pick, but I'm going to go with Cam Newton here just because I do believe if he's fully healthy that in with Josh McDaniels and Belichick, I just believe in what they're able to do, what those guys have been able to do with Tom for so long, but also just obviously completely different skill set. But I think they're excited for that challenge. So I think he's going to benefit from that. It doesn't have to be, you know, the, the Cam Newton NFL MVP to win MVP of this division. This division does not have maybe the number of candidates that we're going to see as we go through this, uh, these other divisions that we really consider for this, uh, for this title. So that, that, that factors in for me as well. I just think by the end of it, and this maybe is a little bit of a preview in my own mind of what I'm going to end up picking for the division winner. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Cam here just, just because it just fits a little better. Even if I, even if the Bills offense is great and Stephon Diggs is great, if the Patriots win the division again, 
and Cam puts up anything close to what we've seen from him in the past, uh, it's hard to pass on him. Yeah, well, I'll let you have the uh, the offensive one. We, we try to be different, and so uh, there you go. I went with the defense. You went with the offense. Um, either way, I mean, as you can tell, Tom Brady's in Tampa, Tampa, and we're we're sitting here still on the Patriots bandwagon. Like we're picking them uh, for our division MVP. So that kind of tells you, you know, how how we look at it here in terms of uh, entering the season. I'm picking the best defensive player. You're picking potentially the best offensive player on their roster. So um, that's. <laughs> the Patriots man that's just that's what they do right so they they find a way and it seems like at this point uh we seem to think the Patriots may find a way to do it again but you won't know for sure until we do uh, our full NFL predictions uh, episode here in several weeks so uh there you go there is a uh, look at the AFC East and uh we say all those things about how we worry about this being a bad division but yet you heard Mm -hmm. um the excitement in our voice uh for uh, some of these players and teams (laughs) and so it's like uh, who knows maybe maybe we'll see but those tough schedules uh could turn out to be the difference uh here for the teams in this division but uh Dylan uh we talked about a little bit earlier Sports are back, and the NFL uh, seems to be coming back uh, on time, at least at this point. The NBA, they're starting, uh, you know, normal regular season games here in several days. And uh, baseball, (laughs) kind of teased it earlier, they're having uh, their own issues right now. But uh, needless to say, sports are back, and uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on over at Clutch Points to keep you up with all of it, even if it is the stuff uh, happening off the field. Yeah, you can follow all of our uh, coverage of now. We got some MLB coverage as well, um, not outside of just covering the, watching the games. But if you want to listen and follow the games, go to the Clutch Points app to the MLB section there. Yeah, NBA game is going to be uh, starting up in just a few days, a couple days after this podcast is up. So excited for those games to get going, even though, yeah, MLB will see what happens. Obviously, the Marlins outbreak impacting that. But an NBA bubble, at least so far, it sounds like everything's good to go. So that will be covered there. And then, yeah, on the website, you can go to clutchpoints.com to the NFL section there with all of our NFL coverage covering everything as these camps eventually get going. It's going to be interesting to see how that all works out. Um, Less travel, hopefully, but once the season's back with the NFL compared to baseball. But nonetheless, Still, uh, still a concerning thing, but yeah, we'll get we'll have that all covered. Hopefully, fantasy football starts on time. We'll be getting that content as well on the Clutch Points website, uh, looking at breakout candidates, guys whose uh, you know carries and targets are bound to go up, go down, all that kind of stuff. We'll have covered in the, in the next few weeks here. Yep, and I'll also uh, do probably twenty five hundred words dedicated to Devontae Parker and uh, Preston <laughs> Williams. So there you go. Uh, keep that in mind. But no, in all seriousness, check out all the great stuff over Clutch Points. Lots of stuff going on over there, and as always. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use, just search for it there. Uh, and thanks as always to the fine folks uh, at Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. 
Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.